everyone and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors. And I just am excited to share this conversation with you that I have with a man named Tate Hale. Tate is just an awesome individual. He is someone that I met through First Form. Uh, He's big into the outdoors, and he's had a lot of trials in his life that he is overcoming. And he's coming out to do an elk hunt here in Utah this upcoming year that I'm super excited for him. Um, But first, he is having to overcome multiple surgeries on his legs, uh, multiple issues that he he has had to deal with. I'll let him tell his story a little bit more here in just a moment. But more than anything, I'm just really excited for you guys to to get to know Tate and um, just basically to know his story and to hopefully gain some encouragement from that so that you can also uh, not make excuses, but take what life has given you and continue on, be stronger, to be a better version of you. Before we get into that awesome conversation, I do want to, of course, mention a few things to you guys. Companies that I work with, products that I use personally, that I recommend to people if you're in the market. Um, First of all, First Form and First Form Outdoors, go check them out. First Form is the best if you're looking for multivitamin, fish oil, protein powder, anything along those lines supplement-wise. If you have any questions, send me a message and I'll kind of I'll guide you in the right direction. But if you already have or you're taking certain supplements, I always recommend you know greens and a multivitamin, just the basics. Um, go check out First Form. They make the best U.S.-made, manufactured products on the market. Trust me, it's what I use every day. On top of that, alpenfuel.com. Go check out alpenfuel. And alpenfuel.com, they sell the best granola on the market. It's gluten-free, which is super important for me, but also great ingredients. not going to tear your gut up in the backcountry while you're hunting, camping, hiking, whatever it may be. Go check out alpenfuel.com. All the links, guys, that I'm mentioning are down below. Go save some money there. And uh, at Alpen Fuel, if you're looking for something more than granola, they also sell Heather's Choice and Peak Refuel, which are my go-to for meals outside of granola. And uh, go check them out. Go get your stock up uh, because, you know, right now is perfect, perfect time for camping, backpacking, hiking, and we're coming up on hunting season here pretty soon. So get stocked up, guys. Don't wait till the last minute and get stuck with the stuff that you go pick up at Walmart because we don't want you to have a torn up gut in the back country. We also have Absolute Aid. They're a CBD chewable, great company, always seeking to do more. So they seek to do more. But more than that, or on top of that, uh, they have a THC-free supplement that is CBD. And the CBD chewable that I prefer, the option is the Relief Formula, um, they, the relief formula helps take the edge off after those heavy days of training when you might be a little bit more sore, but they also have a calm formula, um, that can help you calm your mind to sleep. They also have a fo- a focus formula as well. If you need to be able to focus more at work. So go check them out. Affect beard, affect beard oil is a great company here based out of Utah. Uh, the oil and the butter, the beard oil and beard butter is amazing gets rid of any itch doesn't matter the length of beard that you have but will help your beard be better basically (laughs) no itch and uh will also allow you to shape the beard um so that you can look a little bit better it doesn't look like you're a crazy mountain man when you have a beard Uh, if you're anything like me and my beard's all over the place unless i make sure to take care of it on purpose so go check out affectbeard.com again links down below save some money and 10% of all proceeds go to charity. So enjoy that. Uh, go grab some beard oil and beard butter. Other than that, guys, all the other links are down below. And, of course, honorable mention, uh, Kafaru. I don't have a discount code for you guys, but if you're in the market for a backpack, go check out Kafaru. They have thousands of options of combinations and everything. Super customizable. Carries weight like no other. Best frame on the market and best backpacks, in my opinion, uh, things that I've experienced and I can't wait to use it in the mountains for hunting. So go check out Kafaru 
And last but not least, guys, go join me over at Redbeard's Fit Crew. I really want you guys over there because it's just a great group of individuals that love fitness, family, the outdoors. You'll find someone in your area so that you can go hiking, go on trips, camping, but also go post your goals there. I post there daily. Um, we give little tips, tricks, things to be able to make things more simple for you with your fitness goals and uh, just getting outside as much as possible. So hope to see you guys over there. Other than that, guys, now we're going to get into the awesome conversation I had with Tate and uh, go check him out. Again, I'll leave his links down below. Uh, but Tate Hale is just an amazing human being overcoming so many obstacles. Listen in on this great conversation. All right, everyone, I've got an awesome treat for you here. We've got Tate Hale, an adaptive athlete, bow hunter, loves the outdoors. And uh, I'm really inspired personally by, you know, the journey that he's taken uh, and, and some of the things that he's doing to the point where he's even coming out here for an elk hunt this year that I'm super stoked about. But Tate, before I go too into the weeds here, tell us a little bit more about, about you and uh, maybe a little bit about your journey and what you enjoy doing. Awesome. Uh, well, first off, dude, thanks a million for asking me to come on and, and share with your audience um, the caliber of man you are. That means a lot that you would think enough of me uh, to have me on your platform. So first, thank you for that. Um, secondly, yeah, Tate Hale, I'm out of uh, Southeast Ohio, about eight miles west of Ohio University, the Ohio University Bobcats. Um, grew up, this is a, a small town, you know, Midwest type area. So grew up, you know, sports and hunting. And that was about it. Um, now, I, I do kind of have a neat little story that goes along with it, just because I was born with a, a birth defect um, in both of my feet called bilateral congenital vertical talus. So basically, my arches formed upside down, like they, the, my feet look like the bottom of a rocking chair is the best way, like that shape. And my Achilles tendons were about two and a half inches too short. Um, so it, it started having a lot of, of physical trouble with chronic pain as early as five years old. You know, and I, I was an athlete by 12, um, met a surgeon who started a uh, long string of reconstructive foot and ankle surgeries. And um, we tried one more big one when I was 19. So maybe I could go back and try to finish my college football career. But unfortunately, uh, we didn't get the results from it. And after that, they said, look, we've done everything surgically to try to make the feet better. And, and it's the foundation of everything. So we think eventually you're going to need to look at amputating, you know, below the knee um, or you're going to really have trouble with your knees, hips, lower back and on up. So in 2015, yeah, I, I let them take the right foot. Um, still have the left one, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been an awesome ride to say the least. It, it really teaches you a lot about the full spectrum of, a, uh, of human emotion, I guess. Yeah. I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, being in a spot where technically, I mean, you, you had, you had both feet, you had both legs intact, but it was almost as if your body was working against you. Yeah. Um, and yeah. with your feet. And, and that's, I can't imagine going through that. I, I didn't realize that it, it's, it's a mouthful. I probably couldn't re yeah. reproduce the, the name of that, uh, of what you had, but at the same time, like the fact that you made that decision, you had to make that decision because you could have stuck with, with both and not doing amputation, but like they were saying, it would have led to other issues in the future. Um, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, Jonathan, the the harder part of it was the mental part, man, because like it just hurt like an SOB my whole life. But I always did it like, you know, I, I had a very good athletic career, was recruited by a couple big division one football schools. And of course, once they found out about the medical condition, I never heard from them again, but, you know, and then like around my early twenties, when the degeneration really took off and I couldn't physically 
do it anymore. That's, you know, it really messed with me because all through my developmental years, well, I can do that. And then once the degeneration really took off that, well, I can't do that. And that, I guess it messed with my ego, you know, as a young 20 something man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that it wasn't your choice to, you know, that, I mean, the, the, the degeneration just happens with, I mean, you can't, you can't really, there's not a supplement you can take. There's not yeah. medicine. There's like, it's just going to happen. And the fact that, you know, yeah. that, um, I mean, that would, that would eat away at me, especially, you know, and I, I wasn't a D one athlete by any means, um, but I love sports. And, yeah. and so, yeah. you know, the fact that you were being recruited, you know, I probably just ate away at you even more. And I can't yeah. imagine, um, yeah. you know, a lot of people, deal with circumstances like that, that, I mean, that's completely out of your control. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's your body, but your body's kind of taken over at that point and doing its own thing. And, uh, it's not really in your control at that point. Um, and so the fact that you're able to take that and, and change it for something better. And that's something that like, I didn't know that that was the, your story, but I knew, um, you know, that you had an amputation and, and you still continue to push forward and, and, and love athletics and you love uh, being outdoors and hunting. So kind of walk us through, I guess, uh, for anyone that either is dealing with that specific scenario or something similar, how did you get through uh, the idea that, again, your body was kind of fighting against you and, uh, yeah. and you yet you still wanted to continue with athletics and hunting? Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, man, like we, we spoke before we kind of went live here, you know, I, I told you that you got to share the bad with the good to really serve people, I think. Um, and at first I didn't handle it right. Like a winner would, I took everything, all these principles that we live by now, you know, keeping a good people around you, discipline, taking care of yourself physically and mentally. I, I abandoned shit, man. And to be honest, I got into drinking and partying a lot and, uh, got into drugs bad for a while and, uh, was living a very unproductive negative life. And, I just, I, I finally hit rock bottom and was like, look, dude, this, there is a story here that can help others. And your story isn't going to end the way you're living right now. Like it's unacceptable and it's just time. And, and I'd like to tell people, that's why I tell people like, don't think that what change just happens. Like you, you, you snap your fingers and, and it happens always liken it to, and I'm sure you've seen it. And a lot of your listeners have seen the example of like taking a glass of great Kool-Aid and like, say we set that under a faucet and we turn the water on and the water represents purity and all the good things that we strive for and strive to live for. Well, it takes a lot of that pouring that in on a consistent nonstop basis to drive all that great colored Kool-Aid out to where you're left with a full clear glass. And it took me a long time, but eventually, yeah, getting back to getting good people around me, working out, keeping my body, mind right, all those things that you're doing right now and we're we're running your listeners to do it literally that and my faith my faith was a big part of it my belief and faith and eventually i was like yeah this is going to be your cause not your curse i guess was the best way to look at it yeah and that's to me i I love that analogy of the grape kool-aid uh you know i've seen it in different ways i've never heard uh, it put with the grape Kool-Aid. So I like that, um, how just constantly it's, it slowly overtakes to where it's just water. Yeah, uh, yeah. and, and so that, I think that's, that's so true. You know, it's not something that's instantaneous. Um, you know, even as, as Christians, um, you know, people, there's a lot of belief out there that, that you can just say, um, you know, that you're, that you're saved, but it takes work. It's yeah. not just a one and done thing Like yeah. you still have to, it still takes work. 
Faith without works is dead, bro. We know that. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So faith without works is dead. I, I love that quote. It's one of my favorite scriptures just for the fact that it does take work. Yeah. You know, um, there, there's yeah. so much, there is something to be said about the fact that, you know, Christ's grace, you know, makes up for what we lack, but yeah. if we're just sitting back and saying, well, he's going to do it all for us. No, not, doesn't not really going work to that way. not going to happen. Matter of fact, I have a, a tattoo on my right forearm and it's about a uh, second Corinthians 12, seven through nine where, you know, he talks, you know, this thorn in my flesh three times I pleaded. And in Christ tells him that, you know, basically in your suffering, my grace is sufficient, you know, like boast on me, come to me. And that one really hit me because dude, there was, there was nights I would, you know, lay in bed and like, God, you could like if you you could I could wake up and never feel pain again and this could all be better and and it never happened, you know, so we had to find a different way of, I guess, using it, man. And and it's it's yeah, it's been an awesome walk. I am by no means perfect. Um, and I fall short of the glory every day, but I know going through that amputation, like my faith was a big, big player in getting through it in such a positive manner. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't know if you've heard the, the parable of, of, or I don't know if it's a parable or just the story of the man that's drowning. And, uh, and he, you know, he's praying out to God and says, please save me, save me. And, uh, he's treading water and boat comes by and they're like, Hey, you need some help? Uh, get on in. We'll take you to shore. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. God will save me. And then that boat goes by. And then the second boat comes up. Hey man, you look a little tired out there. Are you sure you're okay? Like you don't look like you're enjoying yourself. You want to hop in the boat? We'll take you into shore. No, no, no. It's okay. God will save me. And then the third boat rolls in and he's like, just barely keeping his head above water. And he says, um, no, it's okay. God will save me. And he drowns and he gets up to heaven and he talks to God and he says, how come you didn't save me? And God just looks at him and says, I sent you three boats. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that just goes into like, you couldn't control, he couldn't control the fact that he was drowning, but he could yeah. control the fact that he rejected the help and the help yes. doesn't always, yeah. it doesn't always come into, uh, it, it doesn't always come to us the way that we want it to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask you like, you know, the fact to me, it's, it's crazy. Cause I can't imagine again, being in that situation and still being willing to overcome it. Like you said, you hit rock bottom. You, you were dealing yeah. with some things that, uh, you, you don't necessarily want to be dealing with, but you're trying to cope with the pain. Yeah. So you've dealt with drugs and, and alcohol and some other things to kind of numb that, but you got to a point where you realized, you know, you, you had this epiphany that this could be a story to help others that are in similar or the same circumstance. Um, what was it? Was there a, a certain moment or did you just have this thought cross your mind or was there something that maybe triggered that idea um, to start your story? No, I, well, I guess it's just life, man. Um, we live in a small town, like I mentioned. And when, you know, I don't like to talk about the past a bunch, but when you grow up in a small town and you're a decent athlete, people, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. And so like everyone, like, man, that's you everyone that was close to me that seen it growing up my whole life and really had a front row seat to it was like, cause to me, dude, it's just life. I don't know what it's like to have, you know, to have been quote unquote, able-bodied born. I don't know. So to me, this is just my normal, you know, but everyone else that was quote unquote, able-bodied around me was like, dude, like we watch how at the end of a practice, you can't walk, but you come back every day and, or, or we, they seen it, 
you know, and to me, it wasn't nothing. It was just life. Now, you got a story here that has helped me and could help people. So that was part of it. And then two is just gratitude. You know, there's a couple people in my life that, and I won't get into it uh, other than I know 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if they could flip a switch and change positions with me to have my life and the physical ability I have, they would do it. So that, and that hits you when you're close to that. You know what I mean? And you, you see like how bad it can be for endless life. And, and that was a big part of it. And then the other just, I'm not trying to sound cocky, but I knew I was born a winner and yeah. I wasn't, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let it beat me, dude. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. When my ass gets planted, I will have won over this just in the manner and how I chose to fight it and live my life. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think that's cockiness at all. I think that's just taking, again, and I say this a lot, and I, it, I've noticed it in a lot of people that deal with circumstances that are out of their control. Again, that can go to as simple as being out in the hunting woods all the way to dealing with amputation, uh, you know, and even beyond that, taking what you can control and finding what you can control and focusing on that because yeah. you couldn't control how you were born. You couldn't yeah. like you had yeah. no say in that. But what you did have a say in was I'm going to show up to practice yeah. because I love football or I love whatever other sport you played. Uh, you know, you showed up because you wanted to be there and you knew you had that amount of energy in you to deal with the pain because you love the sport so much. And, and I, I don't think it's cocky at all to say that you're not going to let it win because you have, you know, what your ability is. And the fact that you recognize that there's people out there that don't have any limbs or don't have any legs or don't have the ability to do what, what you do, which again, you have a lot of ability compared to those people, but at the same time diminish compared to what you're used to. Right. Yeah. And, so, and so you take that and you just, you run with it, man. Um, and I love that. I, I really do. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I think, I hope people understand though, like, yes, I, I say I'm a winner and I beat this, but I struggle just like everybody else, even with like right now, um, I just had a total knee replacement January 25th and the total knee replacement was because the vertical talus foot, my left one, it just used up the knee and, you know, the way my foot works when I walk. And uh, about two weeks ago, man, I, it just, I kind of got in a little two week funk there. I was like, you know, like I'm not able to train at the level I was training before surgery. I way underestimated how long the recovery for a surgery like this would be. Da, 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 da. But I guess if you always just keep the plow in the ground, man, eventually you 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 find that fertile dirt. And that's how I've handled every surgery that yeah it's simply just life yeah yeah knee replacements are no joke i used to work in a physical therapy office and um you know it, it's one of those things that uh, if you don't take care of it right there at the beginning uh especially yeah. Yeah. it can tighten up on you and, and your mobility yeah. definitely decreases significantly so it's good that you're yeah. working and you recognize that um, yeah. and you're pushing through it but again you're a real person right you're not yeah. some uh, celebrity or some, yeah, you know, exactly. Or machine. Yeah. That just can crush everything. Right. You're honest. Yeah. And you're like, I still deal with, with these problems. And, yeah. and I try to be that way too. Like my life is nowhere near, you know, rose colored glasses, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I live a pretty dang blessed life. And so I like yes. to highlight those yes. things. You We're know, living like in America. Do. We won the lottery brother. Plain exactly. So many yeah. options and opportunities. I, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Um, so tell me a little, tell me a little bit more about, um, adaptive athlete. What, what does that entail and what, uh, 
And what does that mean for you? And how do you implement that? Okay. Um, for me, and, and everyone's different, you know, but for me, the general term adaptive athlete, I think that's anyone, you know, with, with some sort of, um, you know, disability, whatever that could be, you know, um, that chooses to push on and live their best life physically. And, and whether that's training, running, whatever they decide to do. For me personally, I'm a competitive cat. So like when athletics were over, um, bow hunting kind of field, like I, I grew up hunting, man, and I grew up even bow hunting. But after athletics was over, it almost became something that could replace athletics in the sense of, OK, I trained for this, you know, work out for it and um, running game cameras is like studying film and putting a game quote unquote game plan together each season um of course man a lot of people don't want that to seem shallow and they think man this guy doesn't know what hunting's about trust me i grew up in it man i know there's nothing like watching that sun come up and you're in god's mm -hmm. country and the critters are coming alive and we are connected to this earth man on a spiritual level i get all that i'm just saying for my adaptive athletic athlete bow hunter side that's what it is for me it's it's it is that competition between me and one of the greatest big game animals in america and especially out here in the midwest we're not as lucky to have those those elk like you got out there um well kentucky but yeah it's it's not it's not the west out here man so white-tailed yeah. deer kind of like our elk you know and just going matching wits every year with with trying to find the most mature animal in the herd to target and then matching wits with it and playing that game of chess through the fall and winter or whenever you get the job done on that particular animal. Yeah, that that's that's kind of the adaptive bow hunter athlete kick for me. No, definitely. That's a that's and it adds a whole nother you know, perspective because with out East, I don't know a ton about whitetail hunting, to be honest with you. Um, but there are stands, there's elevated stands, there's tree stands. Um, you know, I can't imagine it's too easy to climb into a tree stand, uh, and then having the balance to sit there or a tree saddle or anything like that. Um, I imagine it's not, it's, it's definitely not an easy task, uh, or, you know, I can imagine there's aches and pains that you deal with, uh, even just sitting there. Uh, maybe it's even in a ground blind, but sitting in one of those uh, terrible fold up camp chairs <laughs> for hours yeah. on end. Like, yeah. But that's not um, comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, with whitetail, man, um, more more of it, I think, for the general whitetail hunter, it's, it is. It's more patience. You really do learn patience. You, you, you know, they're, you might sit all day and not see a deer. And then again, you might, you know, that's what I love about it. And the rut comes in, you might be there 30 seconds and the biggest white tail you ever seen come running a dome. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it just, it teaches you patience and it's, you can't just like out there, man, you can't beat the, the that free range organic meat, pure protein, there is nothing like gathering up your own food and yeah, it's awesome every fall, but I am jealous of the, of the elk. Trust me, man, you are <laughs> in paradise there. <laughs> I, I've recognized that. And that's why I stayed out here rather than going back home uh, to North Carolina. Cause we were, we were on the verge of, of moving back. And um, a buddy of mine got me to go out and actually get in the mountains and not just yeah. look at them from down here. And yeah. that changed everything. Oh yeah. Um, even not even just hunting, but just getting up and enjoying the wildlife. Like you said, you know, I did a post the other day of do you prefer sunset or sunrise? And it was interesting. I love seeing different people's perspectives of it. Um, but for me, I love the sunrise because I love hearing the world wake up. Yes. Because when it's quiet, yeah. animals don't have a reason to move around unless they're a predator or they're trying to be super quiet and sneaky like whitetails. Uh, for the most part, 
the animals at least that make noise uh, tend to, to sleep at night. And so, you know, hearing the turkeys get up, hearing the birds, mm-hmm. hearing the cows, hearing, uh, I don't know, out here, I don't like cows so much, but maybe out east. And <laughs> we got plenty of them, a lot of dairy farms, man, right. dairy and beef. Yeah, exactly. But I hate I hate finding them up on the mountains here because I'm like glassing a mountainside. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's black spots. Yeah. Like, oh, that's got to be. Oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I actually was out there and I believe it was 2019. Um, mm-hmm. Disabled outdoorsman had, had taken me on an elk hunt back then, but it, it was a rifle elk hunt. And dude, that happened. We were, I didn't know about free range cattle. I was like, dude, this is like (laughs) Western movie shit you guys have out here. Oh yeah. Free range cattle, dude. We were Mm -hmm. back on the mountain and, and I think it might've been Sid, Sidney Smith. He was glassing. Oh, I got, oh, just some cows. I was like, what in the hell are cows (laughs) doing out here in the middle? I mean, out in the middle of the back country, bro. Yeah, and oh, I, it surprises me that, that, all the that's time. That's a new one on me. And yeah, mm-hmm. so that week I got fooled by a cow or two myself, man. And, and uh, you said something there that actually made me think of that hunt, dude. Um, Utah uh, and, and all your listeners that might be from Utah, your state definitely took a piece of my heart, man. Um, hearing those elk up in those mountains and, and watching that sun come up. And we would, uh, every morning we would join hands and say a quick little prayer. Well, this one morning we forgot until we got like down the mountain some to where we were going to start to hunt. One of the guys had mentioned it. So we joined hands and someone was saying a prayer and like not even 10 seconds into it due to freaking elk sounded off. This, mm. That purple orange sky coming up over those mountain and the elk bugling. I was like, dude, this is this is heaven on earth. I mean, it, it right then I was I knew I was uh, obsessed with with what you guys have there and elk. I mean, yeah, it, it it's, just, definitely, yeah, yeah. it's definitely a, a, a spectacle. And I, I love yeah. um, getting up in the mountains and my kids have been bugging me, you know, it was getting nice and warm and we we're getting our, you know, it's like third spring or whatever. I don't know how many freaking winters and springs we've had. <laughs> uh, we're just, we're getting snow again today and yesterday. Wow. Sounds and I'm a lot like, like Ohio. Right. I'm like, oh, it's so annoying. Cause I, you know, I was getting excited and I always yeah. like last year I planted the the garden a little too early. Yeah. And uh, and it froze over. So I had to go buy new plants because, uh, you know, I was getting excited because it was nice and warm. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, the mm-hmm. kids have been wanting to go camping. You know, I'm like, like the mountains are still freezing. I forget that, you know, and yeah. uh, it, but it's definitely Utah is I agree with you. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful state, um, especially once you get out of the city. It's there's nothing like it. Um, and so that that's awesome that you had that experience. But uh, tell me tell me a little bit more about. So you you know you you said you grew up in a small town, um you've got family, um, mm-hmm. are are you married? Do you have kids or do you? No no okay. I'm a I'm a one man band no kids um actually possibly heading out to you one Utah one day has been in some conversation here recently with a couple guys who live out in Utah. Um, But for me, um, so yeah, right now, my family, my mother and father are from here. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's right or not, but it's just what my heart has kind of told me. Like my whole life, dude, my mom and dad have had to help with my medical care up until, you know, 18, 19 years old. Like I didn't know this, of course, but I guess they started like casting my feet when I was two years old and they would cast them every two weeks until I was two years old. So, and then all these surgeries and this amputation, wow! like the, they were always there, man. Like every other year through from like age 12 to age 19, I was going under the knife. And now that they're getting older and as of now, I I'm not married. I don't have children. I just want to be here for them and their last chapters of, of this book of life and help take care of them. And then once, you know, they go on, I'll focus more on, on what I want, I guess, in that area. I hear that, man. That's uh, you know, that's, 
that's something that's super important. And, uh, and I've noticed that the family, you know, plays a big role in a lot of people's lives, whether that's uh, your nuclear family, or in, in this case, you know, the fact that you are able to recognize that your parents put up with, and sorry, put up's not the right word. They, no, they yeah. lovingly, well, they lovingly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they lovingly walked you through all of yeah. these things that you went through uh, in, in your life. And that's not, that's not any easy feat at all. They could no. have easily just said, well, you know, he's born that way. We're just going to deal with it. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. they went the opposite way. Exactly. Yeah. And not they tried everything. Level care. Yeah. And that's, I knew obviously how much they cared, but one right. day it really hit me was the day my surgeon told me I was done with college football. He was just like, look, man, just in these last few weeks, you crushed your plantar nerve and your plantar artery. Like, I didn't want you playing in high school, but you just I couldn't take it away from you. He's like, you're not going to the NFL. So if you don't quit now, you ain't going to walk when you're 40. You'll be used up. And the whole way, like when we left Columbus, Ohio that day, as soon as we got in the vehicle, mom just started bawling and apologizing. Mm. She was like, it's, I should have done more. We should have, should have seeked out more. And I was like, mom, stop right there. So yeah. this is no one's fault. You guys did everything you could for me. It's just life. And now we got to pick up and readjust. And obviously I, didn't readjust how I'd hoped, but you know, that's part of the story, man. Like when that person comes to me and you don't know what it's like to be laid up somewhere to drug. Well, yeah, actually, bro, I do. Cause let me tell you a story, mm-hmm. you know? So you just, it's, I'm going to chalk it up as more people I can help you know, some life experience and a broader audience to help. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a, it's a great way to look at it. It's a, it's a good perspective to have for sure. Um, Cause you definitely want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that coincidences aren't a real thing. Yeah. And I say that because, and you brought up Sid. So having the conversation with Sid a couple months ago and, um, and hearing his story, and that, that's why I asked you about, you know, did you have a specific moment or did it just kind of happen? Because for me, I feel like there's a lot of things that just kind of happen. I don't have like aha moments, yeah. but for him, like he had mentioned that he was laying in bed and he was like, I don't know how much of it was the pain pills or what, but I was watching an Ironman. I looked over at the mountains and said, I'm doing it yeah. <laughs> after yeah. he had had the surgeries yeah. and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that because your, your attitude about it and his attitude about um, the amputation as well is very different than I, I would like to say that I would end up, um, you know, similar to you guys where I'd overcome it, but I can't guarantee that because yeah. knowing me, I probably wouldn't have handled it nearly as well. And well, I probably would not think that I could benefit other people's lives based on my experience with that. Yeah. Well, here's what I tell everybody, man, because they're, you know, oh, such an inspiration. I da, 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 da. like, first off, it always goes back to this is all I know. It's just normal life to me. And had you been born like me and it been your normal and all you knew, I think a lot of people could have done as good or better than me with it. You know, so there's nothing special at all. Um, It's just, I think the experiences you get when you go through those, those, yeah, those deep nights, man, when, when you're laying there and you know, you're, it ain't growing back, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) and you're, you look down and you see it gone and, you got to have a a strong why, like Sid said, which is awesome. He told me that on the mountain when I was out, Mm -hmm. we had some great talks on the mountain out there. Um, But mine came, I uh, had my leg amputated on September 15th and our archery season comes in late September in Ohio. So it was going to be the first bow season since like eighth grade, eighth opening day bow season I missed. 
And I remember it was probably two and a half weeks after my amputation, I finally got to try a bow hunt. And my dad and my buddy helped me get the blind and I sat with my residual limb up and I didn't make it the whole hunt. Like right before the deer would really start moving when the sun went down, I couldn't take it. I was in a lot of pain, went home. And that night we undressed my leg and the incision had actually popped open and part of it. And I was just in a lot of pain. It was like three o'clock in the morning, man, just laying there and, Dude, I was crying, tears running down my face and stuff. And I was like, dude, I'm, I, I, how can I beat this? And I was like, well, you, you're ate up with bow hunting and you still are. You went tonight, so that proves you can do it. I'm going to kill a deer with my bow and arrow before I get a prosthetic leg. And that became my goal. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah, it happened in early November. I ended up killing one with you know, before I got a prosthetic leg on one leg. So you got to have that. Why mine wasn't an iron man. Like, like Sid, that freaking monster, but uh, (laughs) that's not my uh, cup of tea either. (laughs) Yeah. He's a, he's a special guy, man, for sure. He is a special dude. Yeah. And having those conversations, you know, up on the mountain that, that changes everything, but also, you know, again, going back to the family aspect of it, the fact that you had uh, you know, people willing to help you through yes. things that you couldn't, again, things that were out of your control, but you know, they were yeah. loving and, and willing to, to help you with that. And I think that's, that's amazing. And having a good group of people around, you Now, I, I talk about, um, you know, faith and family being wrapped into one thing. Cause for me, it's an eternal concept but I'm also a firm believer that there's, you know, there's people put in our lives that maybe aren't blood relatives, but again, you know, understanding uh, God and that we're all children of God, we're all brothers and sisters. And so the blood only means so much. Yes. And there's some people that are, are closer to us. And I would consider them just as family as, as someone, as a sibling. Yeah. And so, and sometimes even more so. Um, oh dude it's it's nuts like i i me and sid dude nine times out of ten when ten when we get off the phone i love you brother and mm-hmm. i i've seen sid a total of six days in my entire life actually spent and physically been within his presence now we talk all the time on the phone and we try you know but it's like you said man what was formed up on the, that mountain and what we talked about and shared with our our lives and our you know he was the first person I ever met that I truly felt got it when I could talk to about what I went through I mean our our, our birth defects and diseases are different but a lot of similarities you know like and and he's going to be when I decide to move forward with amputating my left foot, he's going to be an invaluable resource, man. Oh, yeah. It already is, but even more so when it, it comes time to walk that path again. No, definitely. I, I definitely, definitely hear you on that one. And it's, it's great to, to, you know, technology is amazing um, yeah. to be able to connect people from so far away and make it feel like, <clears throat> like you've known them, you know, and, yeah. and being able to have those great conversations, good resources and, and people to, to tap into when you're in need, but also to be able to spread the message out. Um, like what, again, like what you're doing and, and I just love having conversations with, with people, especially like you that have overcome these, uh, these circumstances that I can't even fathom having to deal with. Um, and, and you've got something coming up here this year that we kind of alluded to, but an elk hunt, uh, pretty yes. special elk hunt here in Utah that you're you're kind of excited about, right? Not too much, but oh, just just, just my <laughs> kind of my whole life right now is rotating around September, right? And it's not even spring turkey season, <laughs> and I think opens up. I think the twenty third or that weekend of April, and yeah, I'm going to go, but everything, yeah, my whole life totally revolving around September right now. And the biggest thing is just trying to get healed up 
enough like um they're they're saying a full recovery is closer to a year mm-hmm. um a full year for a hundred percent recovery but i'm going to try to shave it down to nine months you know because i i would love to be a hundred percent by the time i get to utah um archery bull elk and um I, I think the way Mike talked that it may be a tag that it could be any weapon. So, dude, I ain't too proud. Trust me. Everything. I'm a bow hunter. I want to mm-hmm. put an arrow through a bull elk. But if it gets down to the last day and everything just keeps hanging up at 100 yards or something, all right, get the boomstick out. Yep. Because for me – the meat's the most, you know, to bring all that meat home, but that would be an amazing, regardless of how it happens. But we are training for an archery bull elk hunt in Utah this September. Awesome. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm excited for that. And I'm hoping to, to be able to work it out um, that I, I get my bull down September one, so I can go up there. <laughs> yeah, man. Heck yeah. But, uh, Matter of fact, we had brought your, your name has come up in conversation and a couple times, like, man, if we need some extra hands on pack out and mm-hmm. things like that, <laughs> your name's already been dropped a couple times. Oh man. yeah. I'm a good pack. Yeah. You can ask my buddies. I've had, yeah. I've had times where I wasn't able to, to join them on the hunt, unfortunately, but they'd get it like this last year. Uh, oh, actually, I guess it was just here in January, the late, late cow season, um, where they dropped a cow uh-huh. and, uh, they texted me and I was like, all right. That's, that's, that's one of the most special parts about it all. Mm-hmm. It's getting there with your buddies, packing out that, that, I mean, like it's totally different out here with whitetail, right. you know, it's, and it's still an awesome experience. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine what it's like breaking down an elk with your boys joking laughing talking life in that beautiful country out there it's it's got to be amazing oh yeah yeah you're you're gonna you're gonna have an amazing experience and i i really hope to be able to be a part of that um yeah but i i just want to kind of you know again i appreciate you taking time out of your day and hopping on here on the podcast with me and and uh and sharing your story because i think there's a lot of people that can benefit from it whether um they're having to deal with amputation or just some type of whether it be uh you know emotional distress or yeah. uh, depression or they're trying to come out of a funk whatever it may be uh they need to know that there's people out there that aren't just all uh, their life isn't rose colored and uh yeah. and they've they've, yeah. they've overcome things but at the same time just kind of to wrap it up here what if you wanted to share something um that maybe i haven't asked you about uh, what's something that you'd like to share with the listeners um i guess Parting wisdom is like you had talked, man, um, people were hurting. And I think more so than ever right now in our world, in our country, um, people are hurting um, with the division that we're seeing trying to be implemented. Um, It's a rough time. So anyone out there that's, that's struggling, I would say, Focus on you and not in a selfish way, but focus on everything that you can control. Like you said it a lot. I I heard you a few times talking about just how you think with my situation, it's got to be focusing on what you can control and you can control what you eat. You can control the media. You let your eyes and your brain consume and you can control the people that you give access to in your life. And um, I think if you kind of focus in on all that, and, and like I said, keep that plow in the ground, man, eventually you hit that good soil. Like I, I say it this way sometimes when I speak, Jonathan, I do some public speaking. And, they, you know, I'm a country boy, man, grew up Midwest, the farm's all around. And, um, uh, one day, you know, you go by and you, these cut fields out here, they cover them in shit, you know, and, it, you know, nasty, man, nasty. But that's like when you see this later this summer 
the crop yield and how beautiful everything grows out of that. That's why I tell people when you get into like the shit of life, rejoice because all that is, is, is though it's so nasty and gooky and it really stinks. It is nothing more than fertilizer for exponential growth. So rejoice in it. And uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Other than that, um, I didn't mention Disabled Outdoorsmen USA, Disabled Outdoorsmen um, Utah. They're the ones that are making this elk hunt possible for me. So a major, major thank you to them um, because it truly is a, a dream of mine that they're, they're bringing to fruition with their kindness. Definitely. And thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. I, I know uh, Sid does a lot of work with the Utah chapter specifically and uh, just great people always yeah, looking to amazing. get back. And, uh, and that, that's awesome that this, this is getting put together and I'm excited to have you out here, man. Um, Dude, I can't I, wait to see you. We're going to yeah. hook up regardless. We're hooking. Oh, yeah. You can come up to camp or something. We got to hook up. We have to. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. No, definitely. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. And, and definitely, uh, you know, You've got a good road ahead of you and, and you've got the right mindset about it. And I'm, I'm stoked to see where you're at in September and, and, uh, hoping that, that you were able to get that bull down with a bow, but if anything, just a bull down and, uh, yeah. and that yeah. you have an amazing experience. So thanks again for hopping on here, man. And, uh, where can people find you if they want to look up, uh, look you up or message you? Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram, and it's just at Tate Hale, T-A-T-E-H-A-L-E. Um, I am on Facebook, but I, I don't mess with it a whole lot. Mm. But um, yeah, anyone out there that, you know, ever needs anything or that might be going through some crap of life or needs anything, just hit me up, shoot me a, a DM. I'll help to the best of my abilities and just want to see people... Uh, chase their their best selves exactly yeah. Thank, thanks again man I, I appreciate that well i'll leave the links down below guys uh, where you can find tate and uh if you want to contribute to the disabled outdoorsman utah chapter or the disabled outdoorsman usa and we'll leave those links down below and again tate i can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to be on here and uh as i always say guys get out live your life and love it all right everyone hope you enjoyed that conversation and uh, Tate is just an amazing human being, going through so many struggles, overcoming things on a day-to-day -day basis. Again, go check him out down in the links down below. And I also look forward to having you over at Redbeard's Fit Crew, the private Facebook group. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, message me, subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast, guys. It's growing. I love it. I appreciate it. Subscribe and leave a review. There's so many podcasts out there. Thank you for choosing mine. Hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.